Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. Okay, so today we are in part three of uh, our Coastline Convos series podcast. Uh, We've kind of launched this out out of uh, what's going on in the world with COVID-19 and uh, we kind of started to talk about it in from like how it's affecting our families and just kind of a really good way for us all to connect. Um, But I think it's going to go beyond that. And so uh, we wanted to continue to bring on p- guests and friends and family members. And uh, we'll probably talk a little bit about uh, what's going on in the world uh, since we're only three or four weeks into it. Uh, but we're going to probably let this conversation go out beyond it. And so uh, our first guest, first of all, I'm actually with my wife, Erica, today. Hello. Hello. Um, and then we are uh, visited by our really great friends, uh, Ricky and Emily Hilliard. Um, who uh, they're together as well. You guys can say hello. Hey, guys. Hi. Um, if anybody is listening to this that um, has come to Coastline in the past six to eight, ten months, whatever it is, at some point you've seen and probably heard from, uh, you know, they've heard from both of you guys uh, because uh, you're on our missions teams as far as uh, one of the, the missionaries that we help support and stuff like that for the past year. Uh, and then also Emily was on staff at coastline for uh, a good while. Uh, Rick's, you know, when, the, when you guys were in town were uh, you guys volunteered quite a bit, but uh, um, so t- give us a, you know, a few short minutes of, you know, what's the basic history of, of you two um, where have you been for the past, you know, uh, year or so what's going on in life right now? Yeah, so uh, many of you guys know us. We've been around Coastline for a while, like Brian said. Um, If you guys do know us, you know that about six months ago, we left uh, to move to Indonesia. Um, And, you know, prior to that, we were at Coastline. Uh, We were running a food truck and preparing to move. Um, You know, our hearts have been to be in Indonesia for some time now. Um, Emily and I both spent a lot of time there and, um, you know, had a heart to do church planning there and uh so we raised support we prepared and left and um you know for a lot of you guys you know we were we were going to be there a little bit longer than we planned um but we kind of had had some some realizations just in our marriages we were there that we uh weren't weren't quite 100 percent prepared just kind of saw some things that um, we wanted to work on um, we had an awesome opportunity to go doing um uh, to go and do counseling in thailand um, and, uh, really just feel like God did some amazing things in our marriage through that. Um, we feel a lot of peace and hope. And so our plan was, uh, to finish out language school, um, cause our hearts are still in Indonesia. We still have a desire to, uh, one day be there, maybe, you know, part of the year or long-term again. Um, we, we want to continue to be connected with the work that's going on there. Um, so our plan was to finish out language school and come back in September. Um, you know, kind of transition slowly off the field, transition back to, back to the States. Um, but obviously there's, there's some craziness going on in the world right now. And, um, unfortunately, uh, because of, 
you know, the visas that we lived on, um, we were on a student visa in Indonesia that things just kind of rapidly took a turn. Um, we're pretty much, if you don't, it'd be like the similar, um, as of having a green card that if you don't have a green card in Indonesia, which we did not yet have, it's, it's quite a bit of a process. Um, they weren't going to renew your visa. And so we went from, you know, kind of accepting that we were going to be moving back to the States in September, kind of grieving that, you know, communicating that with our team, our supporters. Um, and then all of a sudden it was like a rapid, Oh no, we're going to have to leave sometime in May or June, um, because of our visa. And then within a week it was like, no, we need, we're going to have to leave, you know, in the next few days. And so, um, we packed up our house. We, um, we bought outrageous flights home and, uh, we actually still have stuff there and friends and uh, a lot of stuff that hopefully once all this blows over, we can go back to and, and kind of settle because like I said, um, kind of in a matter of like 72 hours, we had to, to shift our, our lives from one side of the world to the other. So we're just figuring that out. Yeah. So, um, you know, part of you know, the move over was, you said, based off of some logistics with green card and stuff like that, you know, not being able to stay. Um, and then it just so happens that the timing is right around the same time of what's going on with this Corona, coronavirus, the, the COVID-19 stuff, you know, so it's kind of like these two things you've, you kind of, uh, you guys have had the sense of like a storm in life of, you know, relationship emotionally or, or just in life in general uh, has been brewing and you've kind of started to see some light through it and uh, figure out what's trying to figure out what's next. Uh, but it kind of almost like these two things merge for during COVID-19 and you got to move back to the States. Right. So you, uh, people might not know this that, uh, you know, last time we heard you guys were actually in Indonesia, we're not doing, a podcast, you know, half a world away. Uh, you guys are actually in Florida now and going through, uh, you know, all the stuff that we're going through right now with the, with this COVID-19 situation in, in America. And so how has that, um, I mean, obviously maybe Emmy, you can speak to this. What's that transitioning look like? Where's the tension? Because there's, I'm sure there's so much of uh, life change and transition, but also partnered with, what we see in the media and preparing and, and planning for what's ahead. How's this feeling? Um, it was, it was pretty crazy coming back to the States and coming back to this type of situation. Cause you're excited to see family and friends and um, not really able to do that. Um, at the same time, it's, we're really sad and grieving a lot of um, the things that we were striving to towards. And so um it's in a good in, in some ways because then we can have time to ourselves to process and like figure things out on our own. And so, yeah, it was uh, crazy walking through the airport and seeing, you know, disinfectant, you know, being sprayed everywhere and planes being empty and flights being canceled. And so there was just that, that stress um, traveling back kind of with the unknown of like, are, is our flight going to get canceled or, our bags going to get lost. Are they going to make it? <laughs> our whole lives are in those bags. And so, yeah, it's just hectic coming back, but we made it safe. And two weeks into quarantine, we don't have coronavirus. So that's good. Sweet. So yeah, I was, uh, Erica and I were talking and by the way, you, you're, you're not saying a whole lot or whatever, but yep. so there are two weeks in, right. Yes. And so, 
Um, you know, you guys have been around and everything's looking, everything's looking good. The life is changing and, and, uh, but it's been good to, to catch up, I'm sure with family and get things together. You guys are kind of playing it low key, obviously, because you are, uh, you know, trying to check for making sure you're quarantined and okay for the coronavirus, but also, you know, it's because it's, you know, a massive transition in life, uh, over the course of just a few months and you're kind of preparing for or trying to figure out like, Hey, what's ahead. So in a nutshell, that's kind of like where you guys have been for the past few months and, and what's coming ahead. We don't, we don't really know. Now I would tell you this from knowing Erica and I, um, Erica, how do you handle this transition? If you're Emily and Rick, how do you feel of, uh, we're moving, uh, on the other side of the world, uh, back home, we don't have, you know, everything's changed. The plans have completely changed and it's in the middle of a pandemic. How does that feel? Well, it's hard to say because I have, have not experienced these things. Um, but I know that even while we were in Costa Rica several weeks ago, um, we left on a Thursday and things were starting to get a little bit intense here in the United States. But um, literally by the following Tuesday, not even a week later, we were also forced out of the country and forced back into a reality, you know, and that was kind of shocking because we were away in another country where we were working um, towards a goal, you know, much like Rick and Emily were doing. We weren't there to live permanently, but we were still on mission and we got forced out faster than um you know, we anticipated, which was really hard. Um, it was really hard to do. That. And it was just very shocking to come back less than a week later to really a different um, environment altogether. And, and I would say like, and this, this is probably a little bit different because I'm the closest person to you, but like that transition, like you don't take very well. That wasn't, that wasn't an easy thing to go through. And that was just, we were there for five, six days, mm-hmm. but because of, you know, whether it's your personality or my personality or whatever, it's like, no, you changed the plan. That's not how it was supposed to happen. And now I mean, you're making everything change. And like, you came back and like, like what emotions did you go through? Yeah. I mean, like Emily said, I was grieving, um, you know, having to come back, grieving that things had changed for my children. Things had changed for the team that we took there, what the mission was and how it came. So I was definitely grieving. I was sad. Yeah. I mean, that's what grief is. So you go through all the emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Tense because you're still (laughs) trying to like prepare, like, what do we do with our family? We've got these little kids we've got to take care of as well. Right. There's this transition where now all of a sudden you become a homeschool mom. How's, how's that transition working out? Yeah. Negative. A lot of tears from both parties. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I would say one of the things that is, um, I don't not exciting or whatever, but it's, it makes me want to like understand more about you guys is like, we're going, th- we went through like that little bit of a transition. We're going through all this transition of life and just, it, it's not even that major. I mean, to have to babysit or not babysit because we babysit our kids all the time to uh, homeschool our kids for the short period of time is like, it feels like it's changing everything. Uh, but when I look at the Hilliards, like who God is definitely changing everything through, like you're cool, you're calm, you're cool cucumber. You know, it's like, 
it's, it's no worries. And I mean, Eric and I are probably, um, you know, I, I would think we're closer to you guys than, than some are, you know, I feel like we have lots of transparent conversations and there's times where, where we vent and, and everything on, on the phone and like, uh, uh, through all of this, like, I haven't felt like one time that you're like, I don't feel, I don't feel a whole lot of worry from you. I don't feel a lot of like all this things happening, coronavirus changing the world <laughs> or your world is changing. And it's just like, no worries. I would bet that people listening to this probably feel a lot closer to the first uh, analogy of just like, Oh my gosh, my world is ending. Life is crazy. How do I survive? That's how I'm feeling. I, I would love to, how do I get to where you're feeling? Like, how do we, what's, what's the difference? Like, cause I mean, I, and, and I'm, this is a leading question. I mean, I kind of know where we're going a little bit in this, but you know, based off of what you've seen, where we're at now and based off of like, I mean, like you don't have a plan for what's ahead, right? The, I, uh, everything yeah. is pretty uncertain for, yeah. for what's happening next. Yeah. You know, I think, um, I think there's a lot wrapped up in that. You know, I think one thing that we've been sharing a lot, um, you know, kind of the peace we have about being back in the States, uh, you know, it's, it's something I share with people that I think it's almost an, ex it, it is an exclusively Christian feeling that you can have um, where you can be unbelievably like devastated and heartbroken. Like, you know, Emily, I describe as leaving Indonesia, like leaving a dream, you know, like, and this isn't something that we like flippantly like a couple years ago, like, Oh, let's move to Indonesia. Yeah, I mean, like, we strived for Indonesia before we were even married. We knew yeah. we were going to move to Indonesia. I mean, we met on a short term trip to Indonesia six years ago, eight, seven years ago. Um, and that's how we started dating. And so, um, but it's almost, you know, it's this feeling of like extreme grief and loss um, coupled with uh, just overwhelming peace. Um, you know, the Bible says peace, the past is understanding. So it's like, it's like knowing that this is okay, this is right, but also, um, it's still being, still being difficult. And so it was definitely a process like where we're at now, you know, we kind of came to this conclusion that we were moving, um, you know, probably two months ago, but like we said, it wasn't, it was gonna be a much slower process. Um, and you know, you guys talked about like being in Costa Rica, you experienced just that loss coming back. Um, you know, for us, like when we moved to Indonesia, we, you know, we try to assimilate into the culture as much as possible. Um, you know, we want to reach people for the gospel. And so to do that, we, 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 I mean, we did, we're in language school four hours a day, five days a week, learning the language. We were learning the culture. I mean, we lived in, in a, like a village, you know, we, we spoke Indonesian, we ate Indonesian. I mean, we, we tried to do cultural practices that were Indonesian, you know, the way we ate, the way we greeted people, you know, funny little little things that are different things that are polite in Indonesia that wouldn't be polite in America, you know, driving on the left side of the road. Um, I mean, our entire lives were immersed and filled um, with anxiety every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lots of stress. Um, you know, moving, we almost got hit by cars. Yeah. It's fine. Um, yeah. I mean, transitioning into a new culture, it's, I, I, you know, Indonesia is about as opposite. It's a 12 hour time difference from the East coast. I mean, it's the complete opposite side of the world. It's complete opposite culture. Um, so then to come back to America, there's a lot of even like there's culture shock going into a new culture and then they'll call it like reentry shock of coming back into America and all, you know, there's a lot of things that are very American that we just kind of gave up that we tried to be in Indonesia. Um, and you know, I think 
when it comes to the uncertainty that we're facing, because you're right, we, we really don't have any, like we have an idea of what we would like to do with our lives. We have an idea of what, like where we'd like to live. But again, our timeline was six months from now, we're coming back from the States and we can start to plan. I mean, like I said, we still have a house full of stuff in Indonesia. We have a motorcycle there that we still have to sell. I mean, we have, I mean, we have a whole life there that we still have to figure out. Um, and so there, there's kind of two things wrapped up in that. Um, you know, the first, the first thing I would say, uh, you know, as a missionary, you kind of learn, um, there's a lot less security and guarantee in your everyday life. Um, you know, I've been in Indonesia multiple times. We've both been on, you know, many mission trips to different places. Um, and you know, in America we have AAA, we have car insurance, we have health insurance, there's good hospitals. Um, there's 911, we have friends, family, 401ks. Um, you know, depending on where you're as a missionary, especially like where we were in Indonesia, I mean, it, it is, it is craziness. Um, I mean, it is just, it's, it's the end of the world. And then, then a couple miles. Um, and so there's no AAA in Indonesia. Uh, there's no, there's not even a 911, like in the town we were at, you know, we'd always joke, Emily would always say like, Oh, well, what if you get hurt surfing or get bit by a shark? And I was like, well, just I mean, I'll probably die because there's not a good hospital or an ambulance. Like and she'd get mad and I'm not okay with that, but I'm okay with the logic of it. Just that there's like, but Indonesians were very impressed with how 911 works when we were telling them about it. Yes. <laughs> They're like, oh, wow, by the time like the emergency vehicle gets to you, you're already dead. I was like, yeah. wow, that's comforting. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Pretty I, great. I know you're, you're going to keep talking about the uncertainty part, but I, I am curious about, as we talk about Indonesia, like how are they dealing with all this right now? I mean, I know you said you get some friends and stuff, but I mean, you didn't leave, but you know, for, I think is, t is today the two week mark. So you're 14 yeah, days in uh, today. Yeah, we're and 14, so, but we traveled for like three days. So, so how are they doing with all this? I feel like um, their response was similar to I don't know a couple of weeks ago when it was like self, like you have to social distance. Yeah. But what's different about Indonesia is they're a very social culture, and everyone doesn't know what social distancing means. They're still like congregating in front of uh, 7-Elevens and like their homes and they don't understand that they're not supposed to like congregate. That's what social distancing is. Um, but that was kind of stressful to, to watch um, just because there are a lot of older people in the community. Um, but I mean, yeah, they're definitely a much more communal um, culture, uh, you know, but like even here in the States, like you hear like, one church will defy, you know, the, the government and we'll meet. It was like every mosque was still meeting in Indonesia, even though they canceled it, uh, um, in the middle nationwide, um, in Indonesia. But yeah, I mean, I think culturally wise, again, there's just kind of already built into their culture. Um, there's a sense of fear. There's also kind of a sense of denial. Um, Indonesia for a long time said there were no cases, but there obviously were, they just, they couldn't test for it. Um, but I think a lot of Indonesians, you know, there's just, there's so much uncertainty in their life anyways. When you, like, again, you know, going back to the security in America, um, you know, a lot of places don't grow up with that security. And so, I mean, there's malaria, there's typhoid, there's dengue, there's all sorts of diseases. There's, I mean, the island we lived on, tens of thousands of people died a couple of years ago from an earthquake. There's volcanoes, there's tsunamis. Um, and so, like, their understanding of stuff like this is a lot 
a lot more relaxed, I'd say, like their theology of um, just disaster and of, of grief and sickness. Um, it's something that they just kind of understand. It's, it's a part of their culture. It's, it, it doesn't really rock them as much as it rocks us. Yeah. And speaking of those um, Indonesians, I'm just curious, um, you know, you said they've been through a lot there in their country as far as disasters, um, you know, lots of different things, and they have a different attitude. Um, Here, obviously, in America, because of the stop and everything that the government has put on, the CDC has put on, you know, people have lost their jobs, um, their mortgages are not getting paid. And we're really living in this uncertain time that we've been talking about, you know, what um, can people do? Like what would the Indonesian type um, theology or whatever culture kind of speak to this for people here in America? Like what would their response be? Yeah. I mean, I think they, I think they would be blown away by the, the, even the safety net and like the sense of aid that that we have as Americans. Um, You know, I think they would, they would draw into each other a lot more. They, there's a, a beautiful thing in a sense of community um, that they might not have like welfare or social security or unemployment to help them with the government, but they would really rely on their family members um, to be taking care of them and to be leaning in them financially, um, providing for themselves. It is sad because Indonesia is, their economy is hugely based on um, tourism. And that's, you know, effectively shut right now. Um, so a lot of them, I, I think it's going to be really sad. There's going to be a lot of social unrest. Um, but, you know, I, I think one of the coolest things we experienced, um, it was really a God thing because the last week we were in Indonesia, um, we, we were living on one island, studying language, preparing to move to a different island. Um, and actually the last week we were there, we got to spend on the island we would be at. And that's where a lot of our friends and our contacts are. Um, and we got to spend time in the villages that we want to work in, the villages that we've been praying for, the villages that we've visited. Um, and one of the coolest experiences, uh, one of our favorite people, um, a guy named Patlan, he, he's one of the first guys I met in Indonesia. Um, you know, we got to eat dinner at his house and he's actually, if you guys don't know, you know, Indonesia is a, a Muslim country. Um, that's why we're there. That's why we're doing what we were doing. Um, Patlan's one of the few people, um, that we've, we've actually got to see come to Christ that's been baptized. Um, and we got to spend the last week in his home. And, uh, while we were in his home, you know, it it was kind of this Corona thing was just starting to happen. It was on the the cusp and he's an older guy. He's kind of ahead of his village. And we were asking him, um, you know, what do you think about this? What do you, what do you, what are you feeling about this whole Corona issue? Um, and he just kind of showed you, said, you know, we're, we're a strong people. We, we've dealt with a lot of different disaster. You know, we, we, we overcome, um, you know, we're pretty healthy and strong. But he, he said that in this, really the best thing that he can take away from it is that he can now spend more time praying to Jesus and asking Jesus to be a part of his life. Um, and, you know, this is a guy who, who lives in a completely Muslim village. His wife and daughter are still Muslim. You know, he's, he's one believer in 100,000 people. Um, and he was even sharing, he goes, you know, and if it's my time to go and be with Christ, uh, then, then I'm happy to go. Um, and, you know, for us to hear that from him, you know, it's one thing for, you know, a pastor to get up and say that in front of a, in front of a church who's, you know, we've kind of been trained our whole lives as believers to say stuff like that, to feel stuff like that. 
Um, but to hear him, you know, it, it really genuinely is what he believes and what he feels. And he has that connection and his hope and his trust isn't in his government. It's not in, um, you know, his financial security. It's, it's 100% in Christ and his, in this faith that's, you know, less than a year old. Yeah, I, I don't have any doubt that, um, man, because of all that's going on, because of this, uh, I, I'm I'm sure that more people are going to find Christ or turn to Christ or turn back to Christ because of this. Um, I, would, I mean, even, man, if I got to be honest, because, uh, you know, as, uh, as a pastor, one of the things that I'm supposed to be known for is, uh, you know, my prayer life, my devotion life. And uh, I would say even because of this, like it has elevated I've seen the opportunity and I've seen the areas that can change and, and that should change. And so it's been, been eye opening to me. Uh, I don't ever, I mean, obviously God has allowed this to happen. I don't think this is something God has sent. Uh, but part of me thinks that like, uh, man, God, God is happy to spend this time with people if they will, if they'll allow him, if they'll allow him, you know, I've always been raised that, you know, uh, God is a gentleman. He's never going to force anything uh, or try to push for anything or whatever. But I, I do very much know that he wants to have a relationship with us. And, uh, and so to, to use the opportunity we've been given uh, to, you know, take a step towards him. I, I know there's lots of people that are, you know, usually using this time to work, work on their fitness. You know, I, I don't know about you guys, but uh, there's this big debacle about the beaches being closed and stuff before. And, and I, now everyone's like, no, we need them for exercise. You know, everyone's working on their fitness uh, because, and, and I've never seen this many people exercise in Volusia <laughs> County my entire life. Everyone's all of a sudden, you know, wants to be a triathlete or something. But, um, you know, I think we are given an opportunity in this to adjust and, and refocus and to work on uh, and deepen, deepen a relationship with Christ. Um, but I think that's, that's a decision everyone's got to make, make on their own. You know, um, when Erica was asking the question about, uh, she was talking about, you know, people dealing with mortgages and jobs, you know, we've all, you know, know people that are losing their jobs because of this, you know, that are having to adjust. And, um, you know, you guys are stepping into a time where, you know, things are going to be completely different from here, from here on out uh, in church world and ministry and, and in many ways, you know, in, in the food industry, the food that that's changing. I don't think that'll, that'll ever be the same. People are going to grow in that, but it's definitely one of the things that for what is ahead, none of us have it pegged, right? We don't know what the, it's, you, know, you use the word uncertain. Um, you know, the, the future is, is uncertain for, for us, um, you know, for the church in general, for the Hilliards, for whoever's listening right now, trying to figure out how they're going to pay their bills. Um, I love the peace that you have. And I, I think that's something that comes uh, only from the Holy Spirit. But how is that something that you can, you know, if you were to give people some advice, you know, maybe this is something maybe you know, the four of us can speak to, you know, individually, but how do you exercise that? How do you exercise that opportunity to, to, to experience peace in uncertainty. Yeah, I don't want to sound silly and have the classic uh, Christian phrase of "pray more." Um, but in sorry, the last... for some reason the audio cut out. Can you say that? Start again there. And... Yeah, um, I don't want to sound silly and say a, a regular Christian phrase of just you have to pray, pray, and pray, and that's how you you get rid of your anxiety and your fears. But um, over the last couple months, um, 
it's undeniable that God has been at work in, in our lives. And when you have those, um, I guess, supernatural experiences where God provides healing and restoration in your marriage and in your life, um, I don't know how I wouldn't be able to have faith and surrender those my fears to him, knowing that he he provided um, more than I could ever imagine. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so, you know, something that's been... Oh. I was going to say, something's been kind of cool with us, you know, that we've been praying a lot. Um, you know, someone said that gratitude and anxiety don't, like, you can't have both at the same time. And that's been something that we've been praying a lot. Like, oh, we're anxious about losing this job or this financial opportunity, but then turning our minds and being grateful that God gave it to us, the things we've learned from it, you know, the blessings, the relationships we gain from it. Um, and it really has kind of revolutionized the way we've, we've dealt with anxiety. Do you want to answer that one or you want me to? Sure. You can go first. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So M said pretty much, you know, prayer is something that exercises during this time that that can help grief faith. I think, uh, you know, there was also a retrospective aspect of, you know, looking back from what you guys have been through the past couple months uh, and even years, like, uh, I'm, I'm sure you've written down or even stored in just in your memory banks of times that God has showed up. And so when you get into a situation like this, um, you know, I think that the same is true, but, uh, you know, I'd have to go with Rick of the, you know, the part of like during this time, it, you, you have an opportunity to worry or you have an opportunity to give thanks. And uh, it's really hard to do both, you know? Um, and so, you know, Bible is pretty clear about that, you know, worry is not going to do anything for us. You know, it's not going to add a day to our life. It's not going to help us, um, you know, and so uh, man, I, I think to uh, use the time we've been given to deepen that relationship with Christ and to continue to be thankful, even even when it's not easy. You know, one of the things I wish I would have done, uh, and we kept saying this when we started Coastline, is uh, I wish I would have written more of the things down that we saw were clearly God mm-hmm. showing up. Uh, because I think in times like these, it's, um, I mean, that's, that's all ammunition. That's ammunition that can, you know, or that's the, 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 the cobblestones that build that your faith is built on, you know? And so for some people, maybe it's, you know, take a few minutes or take you know, 30 minutes or, I mean, you got plenty of time. You're sitting at home doing nothing. Start writing down things that you remember seeing, you know, God show up in your life about and, uh, and, and hold on to that. Yeah. The lady circle, we were actually talking about this tonight. We're talking about the miracles of Jesus and how in our lives, um, I think sometimes we, we wait for these big, big miracles to happen, to write them down or to record them, you know, God healing someone in a miraculous way. But really we see Jesus doing miracles in small ways in our life every day. And so, yeah, I think it is important to be grateful for those moments, to write those down. And for me, what's battling worry or how I deepen a relationship with Christ during this time is really through worship for me. Um, Mm -hmm. because I don't, I take care of two small kids all day long. I don't have time to, uh, Brian says we have all this time. I actually have less time in my day now. So, um, for me, if I can go on a drive somewhere to the grocery store or wherever, and just have worship music on that really centers me back, um, to Jesus and really connects my heart to him. Uh, Rick, you and I were talking about earlier and, um, this, I was just kind of reminded of it, that there's this aspect of, 
I mean, it even says in the New Testament that for, for Christians, there's, there's, I can't remember, there's blessing that comes in suffering or yeah. is that, is that, is that what, that's what we're talking about, right? It was blessing, blessing yeah. or, um, and so for many of it, or to count it as blessing, I think is what it was. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's probably what it is. You know, we got four pastors here. We should know exactly what it, what the <laughs> scripture it says, but count it as joy, yeah. um, suffering. And, and, and like in the day of instant gratification that we live in suffering and that and joy do not mix. Uh, but part of me has got to think that like, the, you know, part of the suffering is that if, if done correctly and processed correctly can be uh, a builder of faith and, and, and for our faith to be built and strengthened is something we should be joyful of. This is something that should make us happy. It's going to make us, make us better. And, you know, it's going to, we, we say the best is yet to come. I mean, that's, that's how that is by working on these things and by suffering through them. And so, um, you know, I would say for what you're, what the Hilliards are dealing with, what the Nichols are dealing with, what Coastline Church and the people that are listening to this are dealing with this during this time, um, man, it's easy to kind of get down in the dumps and kind of sit and think and worry and, and, and just stew in it. Uh, but, uh, man, count it as joy. This is an opportunity for our faith to be strengthened. Um, although, although we're uncertain about what's to come, uh, man, I know that God's got a plan for the Hilliards. God's got a plan for the Nichols. I'm excited for, for whatever that is. And I truly believe that uh, all along the way is he's continuing to write the story for what's coming next. And so, man, for what you guys are going through right now, man, I, uh, I, I want to let you know that you guys are strengthening my faith to see how uh, what the transition you're going through in life, how God is still giving you peace and, um, and, and directing your path, uh, man, it, it, it definitely strengthens the faith of the people around you. And so, um, and watching your trust in the Lord too, peace and trust, you know, you're just walking, walking blindly through it and just knowing that God is going to provide and it's going to be good. And that definitely is something to see. It helps us for sure. Mm -hmm. So, um, if, uh, you know, we've kind of made this podcast not interactive in the sense of someone's, if someone is listening to it and they got questions or they want, uh, you know, I'm totally fine with someone emailing me or texting me or finding me on Facebook or, or whatever. And so if there is someone that's curious about the Hilliard story or what's next or what, you know, what's happened in the past or, or what God's continuing to do, what's, what's the way people can get uh, hooked up with you? Oh, you can uh, contact us on our email, um, shredfam529 at gmail.com. And I will most likely be the one responding to you. Um, but if you want to talk to Rick, then I will give you his phone number directly. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> We're open. Yeah. You, uh, and you guys, are you guys on Instagram and stuff? We are. It's, what is our Instagram name? Nomads.sea. Nomads.sea. What's your Instagram? Does people have your Instagram? I mean, they can follow me if they'd like to see pictures of my children. Sure. <laughs> Are you homeschooling? Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Erica Nichols. Yeah. Anyway, so with that, uh, I, I'd love to pray for you guys and, uh, and you just pray for what God's doing in our families and the adventure that's ahead. And um, yeah. And then that'll be the end of this podcast. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you so much for the Hilliards. Uh, Lord, I thank you for 
what you're continuing to do. God, thank you for the, the faith that is being strengthened through the writing of their story. God, not just their faith, but our faith and the people uh, that are watching how you continue to use them. Uh, and God, I pray that uh, although the future is uncertain uh, for, for many of us, uh, Lord, I pray that in this opportunity we have to strengthen our faith, that that is what would happen, God, that we would exercise our faith, that we would grow stronger uh, in you. And I pray that you would have your way, Lord. And I pray that you would open up the doors at the right time that need to be open. Uh, I pray that during this time, the things that need to be taken away, uh, you would take them away. Uh, and ultimately, God, we sit here and say we surrender to whatever you would have for us. Uh, we just want to do, we want to please you. And uh, in spite of our worry and our stress, uh, we choose you. And so have your way. Just name me pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, Amen. So this, is, this has been uh, Coastline Convos, episode three. Thank you guys so much for uh, hanging out with us. And uh, man, I'm sure we're going to be doing this again soon sometime. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come. <laughs>